Good morning. My name is Jen Gaines. Our scripture passage comes from the book of Acts, chapter 18, verses 1 to 17. Dear God, I pray that our hearts and minds would be open as we read this passage. Acts 18, 1 to 17. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Achilla, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife, Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent of it. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titus Justus, a worshiper of God. Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you, because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half, teaching them the word of God. While Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews of Corinth made a united attack on Paul and brought him to the place of judgment. This man, they charged, is persuading the people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. Just as Paul was about to speak, Gallio said to them, If you Jews were making a complaint about some misdemeanor or serious crime, it would be reasonable for me to listen to you. But since it involves questions about words and names on your own law, settle the matter yourselves. I will not judge of such things. So he drove them off. Then the crowd turned on Sosthenes, the synagogue leader, and beat him in front of the proconsul. And Gallio showed no concern whatsoever. The word of the Lord. Thank you for reading the scripture passage. And again, that's Acts 18, verses 1 through 17 in the NIV version. And we're continuing in the Acts series, the Spirit-empowered multi-ethnic church that we left off maybe a few months ago. And we're going to try to finish up um, Luke's um, Acts of the apostles before moving on so but uh previously on acts if we remember um paul is beginning his missionary journeys and instead of uh going to asia he's directed if you remember in acts 16 chapter 16 by a dream a vision a man in a vision from macedonia beckoning him to come um over to macedonia so Instead of going to Asia Minor, Paul uh, travels on towards uh, Macedonia, where he meets uh, Lydia and founds a church with Lydia um, in the town of Philippi. From Philippi in Acts 17, Paul moves on um, to Thessalonica um, and then on to Berea and on to Athens um, in chapter 8, 17. Uh, remember. Paul in Athens um, discoursing 
with the Greek philosophers there in the marketplace. But we see a, a, a kind of pattern beginning to develop in Acts 16 and Acts 17 on to Acts 18 and 19 um, in that Paul enters a new town in Europe. Paul enters a town and he immediately goes to the synagogue, the Jewish synagogue in these towns, in these cities on the Sabbath, on Saturday, and begins to discourse or teach or discuss or argue um, tenets of the scripture, of the Old Testament scripture, uh, with the Jewish um, teachers and rabbis in the synagogue. Two varying results. Some people accept his teaching about Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and some reject him violently. And we see that in Philippi, or in Thessalonica, Paul is chased away from Thessalonica by the Jews in the synagogue, from the synagogue. And that's why he runs off to Berea and begins um, the same pattern of teaching in the synagogues, um, arguing um, Christ and Christ being risen um, there, and two mixed results again. And again, he's chased away from Berea uh, because of uh, a lack of reception and goes on to Athens where he again goes into the synagogues and discusses things but also in Athens he goes on to the marketplace and um, uh, discusses new ideas with the philosophers there. We know that there in Athens he points towards an altar to an unknown god and says this god, this altar to an unknown God, let me tell you who that unknown God is. Jesus, Jesus Christ, who we are all offspring of, and we are all family. And so uh, Paul makes his uh, witnesses to the gospel of Jesus Christ in Athens to varying degrees of reception or hostility, reception or hostility, uh, to the point that here in chapter 18, it says that Paul uh, found that it was necessary to move on. He, he decided to move on um, to, uh, not to Athens, but to Corinth. And Corinth is 50 miles west of Athens, where Athens was the center of culture uh, for Greek society, the center of philosophy and great thinkers. It was only about 100,000 people in population, whereas Corinth, uh, the seafaring city, um, was seven times the size of Athens, seven times the size of Athens. And it was the commercial center, the center for trade, um, almost 700,000 in population. And 50 miles west of Athens, it's on an isthmus, a small uh, piece of land connecting two land masses. And uh, travelers and merchants and traders um, rather than sailing around uh, the land, would actually put their boats on rollers, um, on tree, tree stumps, and roll and walk the isthmus, and would have to go through Corinth on that short journey. It was about three miles to get from uh, one body of water to the other body of water. And this is why Corinth was such a major place for trade, a major place for commerce, a major place um, where people from east, west, north, and south um, would come into the city, rest, get supplies. Also, it was the center uh, for the goddess Aphrodite, uh, the temple of Aphrodite 
was in Corinth. Um, and the Temple of Aphrodite, the goddess of love, was known for the temp its temple priestesses who were prostitutes who would come into the city and be with uh, the men who were coming through Corinth on business traveling through. And so it was a busy city, a lot of activity, a lot of diversity, and a lot going on in, in terms of adult activity. It was the center of sports like combat fighting, boxing, and whatnot. And so there was a lot of gambling. Um, needless to say, it was a worldly city. And this is where Paul uh, is coming into. Uh, and again, we're told that Paul begins to um, first, we're told that uh, he met a Jew named Aquila, um, a native of Pontus, and his wife Priscilla. So he meets Aquila and Priscilla, who were Jews from Rome, but were chased out uh, of Rome because Claudius had ordered all of the Jews to leave Rome. So um, they're in this exodus because Claudius felt that the Jews was somewhat of a threat um, to the Roman Empire. And so it says that Paul went to see them uh, because he was a tent maker. He, uh, the word actually is a leather worker. He was a leather worker and leather was used um, to make tents. Um, so he was a tent maker, a leather worker, and they were as well, that was their trade. And so he stayed with them and worked with them as partners, both partners in the side gig of working, but also partners in the ministry and in verse four, we learn that every Sabbath, as is the pattern um, that I mentioned before, he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews, both Jews and Greeks. And the word here, reasoned, um, we're supposed to be given the connotation of a more of a dialogue, a discourse. Not Paul wasn't up there preaching or in some monologue, but he was. There was an exchange, a relational exchange of ideas, a back and forth reasoning with both Jews and Greeks in the synagogue. And again, he's received with mixed results. His message is received with mixed results. And um, so he's working as a tent maker. He's bivocational. Um, you, we may, you may have heard the term in Christian church circles of tent maker uh, being used. This is, comes from here, Acts 18 meaning a pastor or a minister who is doing the work of ministry, but also uh, to make ends meet, to get by in life, to put bacon on the table, they're tent making, meaning they're working on the side um, in order uh, to live, make a living while preaching. But what we did learn in uh, verse five is Silas and Timothy come down from Macedonia and after they come down, this dynamic duel, these ministry partners of Paul from Macedonia, it says that Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. This is Paul's passion. This is the message of Paul very simply in the book of Acts. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the way, the salvation. Let me put into context the Jewish scriptures and the prophecies and talk about this man, Jesus, who was crucified. And as we know from Easter, was resurrected again. And Christ 
is living Christ is risen. This was Paul's message. And now that Silas and Timothy have come down from Macedonia, no doubt sent from Lydia and all the community there in Philippi um, with resources, perhaps money, to free Paul up for not having to tent make and to devote his time exclusively uh, to preaching. But as is the case and as is a pattern, he comes up against people who oppose his ideas, opposes his teaching, oppose, oppose Paul, and they actually become abusive. Verse 6, as they reject Paul, uh, remember Jesus himself uh, through the Gospels would be uh, rejected was, uh, from his teachings or the disciples when he sent them two by two into the towns. They were rejected, uh, not always received. And, you know, Jesus commanded them or instructed them, if you're rejected in a town, in a city, then shake the dust off, sand, dust off your sandals and walk away. And this is what we see, that Paul, too, is met with opposition, even abuse, persecution, and so he's shaking the dust off his sandals and saying, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, your blood be on your heads. I am innocent of it. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. So we see from this that Paul hits some sort of crisis moment, some sort of turning point here in Corinth that though he is zealous and though he's passionate about going into the synagogue, approaching the Jews and saying, this Jesus Christ is the Messiah that we've been waiting for. Though that he's passionate about that, he's also reached a certain limit that, that after being rejected um, so many times um, to a certain extent, after receiving such abuse and rejection, Paul's like, man, I'm just going to take this message to the Gentiles. I'm no longer, like, I'm innocent of you guys. I did my job. I did my part. I'm moving on. So we have some sort of a turning point here. Paul wanting to, to focus on the Gentiles. And so he leaves the synagogue and went next door, right? And the church, it's not happening in the church. It's not happening with God's people in the community of faith. I'm going to go next door into the neighborhood. I'm going to go, as he did in Athens, to the marketplace, to where uh, the Gentiles are, where the non-believers are, not the non-culturally Jewish people, but uh, Roman Greek people, Gentiles are, and I'm going to hang out with them, live alongside them. So he goes next door, literally, to the house of Titius, Justice, a worshiper of God, and a worshiper of God basically meant um, a Gentile, here probably a Greek, um, who was um, drawn to, as many were, um, to uh, the monotheistic uh, faith of the Jewish people and worshipped Yahweh. So a Gentile who chooses to worship Yahweh. And Crispus, uh, a synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord. So he is received, having some recept receptivity to the message uh, on the Jewish side and the synagogue from the synagogue leader side of things. Um, and we see here that many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed 
and were baptized. But I, I want to focus in on verse 9, 10, and 11. Because Paul has a vision. And we can glean from um, what, what he see, hears in the vision um, that Paul has been struggling. That Paul, you know, many of us may read all of these things and, and be like, man, Paul was hardcore. Paul was the man. Like, he's very zealous and very committed to his ministry. He's got a motor. He just goes and goes and goes. He takes it, you know, from the people he gets abused. He gets thrown into prison. He gets tortured. He just goes, moves on to the next people, to the next town, and continues to be faithful in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's invincible, right? The hero, hero of the faith. Who can be like Paul? But Paul was also a human. Like all of us, Paul struggled, right? Paul got down, was discouraged. As he suffered, he was also dealt with fear and loneliness and despair. So one night the Lord speaks to Paul in a vision, do not be afraid, keep on speaking. Do not be silent for I am with you and no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in the city so Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half teaching the, the word of God. Right? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. This is the refrain through scripture we remember. Right? Do not be afraid for I am with you. God's promise to his people don't fear, I am walking alongside with you. I am with you. Right? The people traveling in the wilderness, the people away, moving away from what they know, from their home cities, their hometowns, and going to a place that God is sending them to. Paul here, who's traveling from town to town in a foreign place as a foreigner, and teaching and teaching and teaching, right? And having and working and working and working and teaching and teaching and being rejected, being abused, being met with hostility, right? Not always being received well. It was a hard itinerary. It was a hard life for Paul. And I imagine here that he struggled. Can I keep going? Do I want to keep doing this? God, take this cup away from me. <laughs> Is anything I'm saying meeting its mark? Right? Am I affecting anyone, anything, anyone? And though we do see people here and there, right? Faithful people like justice here, like, um, like Crispus, the synagogue leader, coming to the faith. At the same time, there's all of this hostility and rejection of the word. So in the midst of pushing on and moving forward and saying, forget about you, I'm going to the next place. 
Paul, there's this pause in the night and a vision from God, one that is meant for encouragement. Church, when we're on a journey and things get hard, we struggle with our faith, we hit a wall. We, it seems like everything that could go wrong is going wrong or we're rejected, we're lonely, and we're our overtures of love or our overtures of uh, relating to people are rejected. And we're like, why are we doing this? The message to us is like the vision that Paul had and through in the word of God through scripture. Do not be afraid. I am with you. These are the words of the angels at the birth of Jesus Christ in the beginning of the New Testament in the Gospels. Jesus' name, Emmanuel, Emmanuel itself means God with us. The angel saying, do not be afraid. Here is Emmanuel. God is with us. God is with us. God is with you and knows what you're going through and knows when you're struggling and has a word of encouragement to you, a promise, and the promise is himself. I am with you. God himself is walking beside you. And church, being a Christian is difficult, right? If you're being faithful to Jesus, if you're walking the path and saying yes, you will not please everyone. You will not be liked by everyone. You'll be confronted with opposition. You'll be confronted with abuse, just as Paul is here. If you are proclaiming with your life and your deeds, your words, your actions, your values, how you raise your family, how you approach your work, how you uh, love on people, how you live with integrity, how you fight for justice, how you show mercy, how you advocate for the poor, how you fight and speak for the refugee and the immigrant, how you live out the gospel in your life, you will come upon persecution and opposition and even abuse. You won't always be liked. Some people will literally hate you. It's inevitable if you're saying yes to Jesus and the Jesus way. But the encouragement again, God is with us. God is with you. And if you're in a place today, I feel like there are people listening today. You are you feel discouraged. You feel that you've been faithful, that you've been living your life obedient to Jesus, following Christ, but you don't see the benefits or things, you're struggling, things are hard. What, what's next? I, I don't know if I can go on. I don't know if I can rinse and repeat and go to the next town, go to the next thing. 
and continue. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Keep on living. Keep on witnessing. Do not be silent. Continue to live out loud for the gospel of Jesus Christ. For I am with you and no one is going to attack or harm you. Amen. And after these words, uh, the proconsul of Acacia, it's a Roman leader in this town of, in this area of Achaia in Corinth. The Jews of Corinth were uh, accusing Paul just as people accused Jesus and brought them before the Roman authorities. They were attacking Paul and saying, he is persuading people to worship God in ways contrary to the law. And unlike Pilate uh, with Jesus, Gallio says to them, this is, this is about your stuff. This is your religion, right? Don't make a complaint about some misdemeanor, right? Or actually he says, if you're making a complaint about some misdemeanor or serious crime, of law, Roman law, this is my domain, right? But since this involves questions about words and names and your own law, your own religion, your own worship, settle the matters for yourself. I'm clean of this, right? So he drove, he drove the people off, the mobs, the crowd, who were there to get rid of Paul, to accuse Paul. Um, <laughs> and the crowd turned on Sosthenes, the synagogue leader, and beat him in front of the proconsul. And Gallio showed no concern whatsoever. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that when we are struggling um, to live the faith, uh, to continue to move forward, uh, that your promises that you will be with us and that in the midst of our fear, in the midst of our struggles, that it's human and we shouldn't be ashamed uh, when we struggle, inevitably struggle, um, but you're there to empower us, to lift us up, to embolden us, um, to strengthen us. And I pray um, that in tangible ways you will demonstrate to us are all of us this week um, that you're with walking alongside us in Jesus name Amen